2: We're reacting to the results from the weekend, preparing for the conference championship games, and talking quarterback prospects on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by my bookie and Untucket. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the action network, Matt Friedman. Matt, let's just get right into Things Tonight. Did the Titans win that game or did the Ravens lose it?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I kind of go back and forth on it. I think the Ravens got so many yards and the Titans got a few key stops. And, um, you know, I don't want to say like, that's luck. Cause like there's, I don't know, there's skill to that, but like, that seems rather random. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like it's more, the Ravens lost it. Like anytime a quarterback throws for, you know, I don't know, like fewer than a hundred yards or whatever it was. Like it's it's kind of hard for me in the modern NFL to say like, oh, yeah, that team really went out and won the game. Like even though Derrick Henry was dominant and it just seems like this is going to be the way that the Titans try to win games that just, you know, like run the ball 40 times per game. Um, but it's hard for me to say that the team that does that really goes out and wins.
2: I hear you. I do think, though, at the very least, I was pretty shocked just with. The way that that entire game played out, because for large portions of it, I really did feel like you, the Titans were the better team. Did you leave with that perception as well? I don't think that they actually necessarily are, but within the confines of that game, it really felt like uh, Tennessee was besting them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like Tennessee was, um, I felt like Tennessee was dominating them without still like looking significantly better. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Like they were just, they were more physical, especially. Uh, you know, in the trenches. Um, And so that's why when the Ravens are going for conversions on fourth down and short yardage, they're not getting them just because they're not getting the push. But I think part of that also might've been play calling too. like, it's hard to think that you have uh, like the best running offense in modern NFL history and you can't pick up multiple fourth downs, you know, like short yardage fourth downs. Yeah. Um, You know, some of the turnovers, like, you know, one of Lamar's interceptions bounced off of Mark Andrews hands, you know, another like fumbles, not to say that they're totally random, but you know, like there are times when quarterbacks, they fumble when they're getting sacked. Like I I don't hold those things against Lamar. Like, I don't think he actually played as poorly as people are, are saying that he did. Uh, You know, if the Ravens are able to convert two fourth downs, I think it's a very different game.
2: That's probably a, a fair assessment. Um, so I just kind of want to get your wanted to get your sense of Tennessee before we move into talking about the conference championship games. But before we discuss those, quick reminder that you can head to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast and get a 10% discount on a year-long subscription to RotoViz.com which you are going to want to get into as soon as you can because we are going to be talking about a lot of prospects on the site. Matt and I are going to start to talk about some of them in the back half of this episode. Uh, And as we talk, the national championship game is occurring. I need to mention, I forgot to get my bet in on the Clemson Tigers with the points before this game started, while Matt and I were catching up, before we started recording, he reminded me that I could actually get in there with those live odds. So on the show, while Matt was talking through those answers, I was placing a bet on Clemson. I think that's pretty much all I need to say about my bookie. Head to MyBookie.ag. You will not be disappointed. Um, there's still a promo code that we have with them, RotoViz, so make sure that you use that. If you haven't got in on MyBookie and you want to get in, Even if you missed this before kickoff of the games this weekend, you can still get in on it uh, with those live betting odds. Continuing along, Matt, staying in the AFC. What an epic collapse by Houston. I think that you have to be impressed with the way that the Chiefs turned it around. Does this make them have a major case as the front runner to be super bowl champions or does that need to come back from down 24 to nothing give you pause
1: no i mean the okay so it's it's neither Uh, (laughs) like they're you know like their odds are right there with the 49ers and you know i i prefer them maybe a little bit more than the 49ers but they're you know like the the co-favorites basically to to win the super bowl and then a massive teardrop between them and the the Packers and the Titans and I'm not concerned at all with the uh 44 point deficit uh in part because um I mean they showed that <laughs> that they can overcome a 44 <laughs> point deficit not yeah. that that's like something you you want to have to do but like it's something that they can do and uh more to the point like it was a lot of randomness that caused them to uh to be down by 24 points sure. to begin with yep. you know like one One blown play in coverage, um, a blocked punt return for a touchdown, and a score, you know, with a short field because of a, a, uh, you know, botched, uh, punt catch, like punt reception. Like it's, you know, like all of that can sort of be explained as like things that aren't extremely likely to happen in succession, uh, you know, in a future game. And after that, um, I mean they they like went to work. Their offense was awesome as we saw. Their defense was also really good. Uh going against uh a great quarterback and three good receivers. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to dislike from the Chiefs out of what we saw. You know, and and this kind of like brings me back to um to kind of thinking of the the Ravens-Titans game. Like the I guess a difference between the the Chiefs and the Ravens, like the Chiefs had Multiple things go against them, but they're still explosive enough on offense to be able to come back from that. And I I think a big difference is that like the Ravens, they're just not built with that in mind. And, um, you know, like maybe they add they need to add more playmakers to their offense, like better receiving weapons, like uh, as, as good as that offense is like, it's really easy to see. They don't have many good pass catching options. Um, so that's something that they could do, but the chiefs, you know, I mean, they just, they look so complete that even, even though they got down in a 24 point hole, um, like it, it's hard to, to take umbrage with really anything that they did in that game.
2: I'm right there with you. I mean, To see this team again in a game like I've talked about before in that New England game, I felt like they played as poorly as they could, still won that game. Now we see a game where things get off to about as bad of a start as they could possibly get. They aren't phased, rally right back, just moving up and down the field. It kind of felt like at will. So all of that to me is really, really encouraging. I give them a bit of an edge uh, in my mind over San Francisco. Of course, before we get to a matchup between... The 49ers and the Chiefs. We still have two games to play. In the NFC, the spread, when I checked this morning, was 45 and a half in the Green Bay San Francisco game, with Green Bay a seven and a half point underdog. I imagine that this game should be close, but I just am not as, that sold on the Packers yet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it opened at seven with the Packers, uh, the spread and has moved to seven and a half and the, uh, the 45 point total. I can't, um, I don't know. I just, I imagine that sharp betters are going to look at the seven and a half and they're going to take it, yeah. uh, and, and back the Packers. But you know, I mean, I'm, I might be wrong. Um, one thing that, uh, and I, I wrote on this in a, a betting trends article at action network one thing that uh kind of gives me pause is because of the style of offense that they run like they're very run heavy uh the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan um haven't been all that good against underdogs. Uh underdogs are 11-5-1 against the spread um against the 49ers and you know they, they have a good defense so I think that might um that might kind of negate the, the effects of, uh, of that trend this year, but like that trend still extends into this season. And then as mediocre as the, the Packers have seemed at times this year, they're still 11 and six, uh, against the spread, uh, three and one as underdogs. And I think the big edge that they have is that, and I mean, other people have, have talked about this, but you know, LaFleur knows Shanahan better than any other coach in the league knows Shanahan. Uh, when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Texans, the Redskins, and the Falcons, so that's a period of time mm. spanning almost a decade. LaFleur worked directly under him as an offensive quality con- uh, control coach and then the quarterback's coach. So, like, this is a real instance of like the apprentice going against the master. And, uh, you like, I in those situations, I normally like in theory. I would want to favor the master, but like normally actually like this ends up going with the apprentice because the apprentice knows the master better than the master knows the apprentice. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a yeah. the situation where LaFleur LaFleur could have a reasonable expectation of what Shanahan might do in most situations, but Shanahan really doesn't know what LaFleur might do.
2: I see what you're saying there. um, And of course, in this case, the apprentice doesn't actually need to best the master. They just need to hold their own in a greater fashion than the betting public might expect. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and and like seven and a half, like.
2: Yeah, great. The dog's. Wow, your dog has an interesting bark.
1: Yeah. Sorry. One second. No, it's okay. Anyway, so my, my wife is out of town, so uh, my dog you know, starts barking every night, wondering when my wife is going to get home. Oh, so anytime, really? like, anytime a car <laughs> drives by, she'll start barking, thinking that it's, uh, it's my wife coming home. Now, wait a second. So,
2: and, do you have a Chinese yeah. crested? Yeah. You do? Yeah. That's, I would love to see a picture of you with your Chinese crested dog. <laughs>
1: okay uh, I, anyway. for, for people that don't yeah. know a
2: chinese crest is it's kind of a funny looking dog right
1: well there there are two different types oh, okay so, so mine is the kind that actually has hair on it oh all right that's not as funny then no it's it's not um but she's still very much like a, a fufu kind of dog but she's uh she's pretty awesome
2: okay that's fair w- yeah. what's the dog named her name is bella bella very yeah. original uh sure, yep. All
1: right. Anyways, football. By the way, Clemson just scored a touchdown. So nice, looking good. Uh yeah. So that those are my thoughts on the Packers. Yeah, seven and a half. I think is uh I mean much easier to cover than the seven. You know. So uh I I think that's a pretty decent number.
2: Yep. Okay. Um. Let's head over to the AFC another game with a uh at least when, when I saw it a seven and a half point uh uh spread with obviously the chiefs being favored the over under at fifty two and a half
1: yeah, uh, I'm seeing it at fifty two but you know depending depending on the book anywhere from fifty one and a half to fifty two and a half um I like the under there the spread I'm just gonna stay away from yeah um I, I don't know, like my, like, I think that the chiefs should win pretty handily, but I just don't want to bet on it. Like, I just, I don't want to like go against the Titans because, um, like you can see the path to them winning this game. Um, and you know, the path is give the ball to Derrick Henry, uh, you know, like 30 times, Mm -hmm. 35 times, uh, (laughs) even if you're down 14 points, just keep on doing that. Uh, to try to keep Patrick Mahomes uh on the sideline. And the thing is they're going against a run defense that is, you know, like bottom 5 in the league. Uh and so what they did against the Patriots, what they did against the Ravens, like there's the path for them doing that against the Chiefs. Um so that's that's kind of where I am. But but that uh sort of general game plan is also what is uh intriguing me with the under. Uh so although the Chiefs just, you know, scored like 51 points, uh, and you know we saw how many like was it like 83, 84 points scored, uh, at Arrowhead, 82 points 82, scored, yeah. at at Arrowhead this last weekend. Uh, the under is almost always the right play in Arrowhead, um, and that's kind of like outside of the fact that the Titans are likely to run the ball a lot. Uh, Andy Reid is the most uh home, you know, like under coach in the league. Uh and I think part of that is just so let me say that differently. Uh under Andy Reid, the Chiefs at home uh like have an under record of 36, 23, and one. Mm-hmm. And that's the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it uh is because uh you know, they're at home when they get out to a lead, uh they don't push the ball as much. Uh and then uh Arrowhead is just a really tough place to play, especially for opponents. And so opponents score far fewer points at Arrowhead than they do when they're at home. And the chiefs actually score more points on the road than they do at home. So, uh, it's a Mecca for under betters. And that's where I'm going to be looking, especially because I just think the number is going to be inflated because of how many points were scored there last week.
2: Right. And on top of that too, just in terms of pace, Tennessee's like, like, uh, in the lowest quadrant in terms of plays per game at 59 KC is closer to the middle with 66. So it kind of speaks into what you said, especially if Tennessee is just going to use Henry a lot, the actual plays in this game might be somewhat limited. Not that that necessarily suppresses the score, but it certainly doesn't speak to, you know, a plethora of points being scored in this game. So I think that's probably where I would go as well. Now I'm not sure. Did you say where you side in terms of the actual spread? You very well may no, said I'm, that.
1: I'm going to stay away from it. Okay. I mean, if if I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm split. I like I really haven't decided yet. I like I can see strong reasons for betting both sides.
2: I think it really depends on the book that you're using. Um at least if I were looking at it, I would be paying attention to how favorable my payout's actually going to be and then consider that when in My feelings about the payout that I'm getting to in the NFC game, if I'm betting on that and then the over-unders and all of that. But yeah, I mean, it's probably a tough one if you were only going to bet on just the spread in that game. I probably wouldn't do it. I think if forced to, I would probably take the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if forced to, I would take the Chiefs, but like you're not going to find this line at seven anywhere, you know, and that's like really the line where I would want it uh and seven and a half like it's just it's easy to see how the titans could cover that i just you know so it's a situation i just want
2: to stay away from it perfectly fair ever see an untucked button down they look bad why because they weren't meant to be worn that way thankfully there's untuck it the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked no matter your size or shape, Untucket shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. How well will Untucket fit your frame? it will fit great because these shirts are custom-made specifically for you you choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-down super soft flannels outerwear and more with untuck it your shirts will never look baggy belgy too long or too big again their website is a breeze to use they have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit which is why If you are searching for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, untuck it is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code blue for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code blue for 20% off. We have yet to talk about the incoming draft class, Matt. Uh, which I am starting to get really excited about. I have not really gone too in-depth on any prospects just yet. I wanted to start with quarterbacks tonight. The player that many are expecting will be the first overall pick is Joe Burrow from LSU, currently playing. What are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: Burrow is... I mean he's like the you know quote unquote one year wonder. Yep. But it's a little bit different with him versus someone like uh Mark Sanch Santret- Mark Sanchez or Mitch Trubisky a few years ago in that he actually did start last year. Yep. So he has multiple years as a starter, um, which is a good thing. Quarterback age um isn't as okay, so if a quarterback is young, like twenty-one years old as a rookie, that is awesome. Yep. Um, but if he's 24 years old, uh, I still don't think of that as being like a damning indictment. What if he is ability. Chris
2: Wanky and like 32?
1: Yeah, that's a little bit different. <laughs> but, you know, like there there have been enough, um, enough like older right. quarterbacks to have success where it's not it's not really that big of a deal if if a guy is an older uh, prospect when he's entering the league. So, uh, you know, Burrow's going to be 24 years old as a rookie, but uh, I don't really care about that so much. Um, he's just been incredibly dynamic. Uh, like I'm not saying anything original, like everyone knows how awesome he has been this year. Um, you know, depending on what happens in the national championship game, like, I mean, he could end up like setting records, you know, like all sorts of records for, uh, you know, yardage and touchdown passes and everything like in a season. Um, so the one thing that kind of concerns me is landing spot. Uh, I don't, so quarterbacks and I'll just say like blanket statement, uh, quarterbacks are really hard to evaluate. Like, I don't think anyone really does it all that well. Right. Um, you know like depth matters uh you know like uh, target depth matters for quarterbacks especially when you start to uh you know put that in relation to accuracy percentage and stuff like that but it's still really hard to evaluate quarterbacks and then it's even harder because uh unlike i think running backs uh or even like wide receivers and tight ends to an extent um where a a quarterback lands really matters for his NFL future, um, both in terms of like how quickly is he going to start, but then like what offensive scheme is he going to be in? Uh, and I'm, you know, like not certain about what we're going to see out of Burrow in Cincinnati. Um, I don't think we saw much from Zach Taylor to kind of give us uh, like any optimism about like what Burrow might be able yep. to do there. So uh, you know, like I would say I'm, you know, I'm guarded about uh his his NFL potential. Like he has potential. I just I don't know, you know? Yep. Um AJ Green's going to be gone, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh who knows what happens with Tyler Eifert. The fact that I'm even mentioning Tyler, Tyler Eifert is kind of hilarious. <laughs> um the offensive line there is really bad. It's in yeah. I mean, he has, he has some receiving options there in Tyler Boyd and John Ross, but like Ross is still relatively raw. Yep. Um, and you know, Boyd, like as, uh, as productive as he has been, or like, hasn't been with the number of targets he's gotten, like you could say like, okay, he's a serviceable receiver, But I don't think anyone would say like, yes, he's really a locked in number one receiver that you want for a rookie quarterback. So uh, I'm, I don't know. Like, I think he deserves to be the first quarterback off the board uh, in the NFL draft. He probably deserves to be the first quarterback drafted in dynasty rookie drafts, but uh, I don't think anyone should touch him before the third round and uh, you know, you could expect him uh, like there's a decent probability that he just fails,
2: right so there's a couple of things that make it hard if you just are purely looking at uh his season summary from 2018 and 2019 so 58 percent completion percentage in 2018 obviously not good jumps to 78 percent in 2019 something you like to see the um aya at 12.31 that's pretty good the yardage in 2019 4715 then the other piece that's kind of interesting as a junior seven rushing touchdowns three rushing touchdowns as a senior so you have some things there that uh, are kind of enticing i don't really know if that rushing production you can extrapolate out um to be honest I'm kind of ignorant on how good of a rusher Burrow actually could be is he a player he's, that has he, any use you know go ahead yeah
1: he actually does yep. he has some potential and I wouldn't look at the the touchdowns as uh like a proxy for that right. like it, it doesn't hurt but you know like goal line scores whatever it doesn't really mean much but um yeah he's actually a better uh a, a better I'm trying to think of like the right Comp in the NFL. Um, like he's not the type of guy that they design runs for, yep. but when he has to break free from the pocket, he can actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like Jameis Winston a little bit. Like Winston wasn't a guy who really ran in college, but he's been a better runner in the NFL than people have given him credit for. And honestly, like better, I'd say better than Winston. Yep. You know, like considering that um they they really don't use him as a runner because they don't need to. Uh, for him to get 311 rushing yards, uh, counting
2: uh, sacks in that, um, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. So kind of along those lines, obviously, we've had Andy Dalton in Cincinnati for a long time. And Dalton's actually a guy that can uh, get some rushing production when he needed. Do you think that Burrow, and we've used Andy Dal- you know, you mentioned the Dalton scale that they have on the Around the NFL podcast what are the odds that Burrow can get to the level of an Andy Dalton? I know very hard question to answer right now, but I think it's relevant given that Cincinnati looks like the team that will be drafting him.
1: I, I mean, I think pretty decent. Yep. Um, You know, it's just a question of like, what is that? Like, what does that look like and how quickly does he get there? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think he could have like Dalton's best season was, you know, like a, like one time top five fantasy quarterback. Like, I think
2: Burrow could do that. Got it. All right. Well, I had actually planned on us running through a couple more of the key quarterbacks in this episode. We're actually running short on time. So we'll come back next week. Let's just
1: hit it. Let's just hit it quickly. Really?
2: Okay. All right. Breakdown uh, Tua.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he was going to be the number one pick and then, you know, he busted his hip. Like there's, you know, like he, you know, end of story. Like uh, he's a pretty good runner. He's been, you know, starting for the team, uh, you know, off and on for a couple of years, you know, came in obviously in the national championship game in 2017 and was great. Um, he has the potential to be what like people wanted Marcus Mariota to be, you know, like I, I think he, he's in that vein, uh, in that he can really light it up as a passer. He has the Ligotti, uh, you know, completion percentage, uh, but he can also run with efficiency. Uh, They just don't need to run him all that often because they're fine with dropping him back. So, uh, you know, the big question with him is just the hip and we have no idea, you know, like we just, we don't, we have no idea what his future is going to be like. But um, if you are a risk seeking rookie drafter, um, he's someone you would probably be interested in taking in the third round um, because like he does, I mean, I don't want to say he has like Lamar Jackson potential because he doesn't, but like something kind of like that, maybe something like Deshaun Watson type of potential, like he actually has that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that, that that's fair. One concerning thing is if you pop in and you look at the Sims of his in the uh, prospect box score scout, you do not get a very attractive list. Of course, at quarterback, a lot of that, like you said, it really depends on where you land. Uh, so let's just move along. Um, Jalen Hurts, I seem to believe for some reason that you're not really high on Hurts.
1: No, I mean, I don't think he's going to be drafted in the first round. He might not even be drafted in the second round. So, you know, it's like we'll just wait and see where
2: he actually lands. Okay, Um, can I just ask the obvious question that people might have? This is a guy was solid at Alabama as a, you know, as a freshman played very well. Then makes the move over to Oklahoma and still performs at a high level. That doesn't factor into a solid prospect. No,
1: I mean, he could, it's just, you know, like if he's drafted in the first round, then I'll be intrigued, but he's not going to be like there. He has absolutely no hype right now. Like no one is talking about him as, as anyone who could be drafted in the first round. And honestly, like for quarterbacks, that's what matters most.
2: Certainly. And I think, especially from a dynasty perspective, um, at least at, at this round until we have more information, that's really all we're interested in uh justin herbert quarterback from oregon was the uh starter in 18 and 19 i believe any thoughts on him
1: yeah and he started some even in 16 and 17 okay um so like he's got a a pretty long track record of being the guy there like a a long time hype for him and he could have come out last year i I think you know maybe he i don't want to say maybe he should have because he had a, a good year this year but um, I'd be surprised if he falls out of the top 10, you know, yep. so whether it's, uh, the chargers who take him at six or the Panthers take him at seven, someone trades up, whatever it is, he's probably going in the top 10. Um, you know, people like him because he apparently has, you know, a really strong arm, which like we hear about a quarterback like this every year who right. just can, you know, like throw it really far, but, um, yeah, you know, just have to see where he lands, but he's someone else who's intriguing, um he's not you know like a guy who's a great runner um so i i don't know like i start to get like uh night terrors of like josh rosen (laughs) in my head you know but he's not he's not that bad he's not like that statuesque in the pocket but he is much more of a like a pure pocket passer than any of these other guys
2: all right finally any other names even if you don't want to break them down just anybody else on your radar at the position no no one else okay on that note we're gonna close down this episode we'll be back later in the week talking about running backs which i am very excited to get matt's take on uh so that will do it for this episode as always you can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dave and matt f the oracle thanks to my booking and untucket for sponsoring the show make sure to rate review and subscribe and as always remember it's not a fantasy